I Love Mortgage Brokering, Episode 78. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Sarah Davison. She's a mortgage broker with Mortgage Intelligence. She's been a broker for nine years, based out of Grand Prairie, Alberta. Sarah was recently featured in CMP Magazine, The Young Guns, for 2015. She was also in the top 20 for small markets and the top 75 in CMP Magazine. I'm absolutely stoked for this interview today. Sarah, you ready to rock? I am. I'm oh. absolutely stoked too. Awesome. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Yeah. Um, so I am a mortgage specialist here in Grand Prairie, Alberta, which is a city of about 70,000 people in northern Alberta. So a lot of oil, a lot of gas, a lot of forestry. Um, that's what makes up our market. I've been in brokering for almost nine years now, I guess. And I started out with RBC and spent some time at Scotiabank as well and then transitioned into brokering. I'm originally from Vancouver, uh, born and raised there and lived a little bit in Nelson too. That's where I started my banking career. And I have a, a wonderful husband named Paul. Um, I have a two-year-old, uh, Millie, and uh, she she definitely keeps me on my toes. And um, yeah, so here I am. So you just have the you just have the one little one. I just have the one little one. Yep. You bet. Right. Yeah. They definitely uh, they're awesome, but they do keep you keep you on your toes. They do. Yeah. Yeah. My husband uh, my husband stays home full time with our daughter, so that's that's pretty that's pretty special. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I can I can do what I do and work the hours that I do without without him. So. Right. It's a team approach. Absolutely. So how did you get into the mortgage biz? You said that you'd worked at RBC, but like most people don't start out wanting to become a mortgage broker when they grow up. So how did you end up in our business? Or in the, not our yeah, in the mortgage business. Definitely, uh, definitely didn't picture myself as a broker growing up. No, I don't think I even knew what a mortgage broker was. But uh, yeah, I why well, I like I said I transferred here from Vancouver with RBC and I was I I started as a teller with them actually um, and kind of worked my way up. I worked in the fraud group with them for a while, which was kind of cool in Vancouver, and then uh, moved into personal banking. And then once I got to Grand Prairie, I worked with Scotia Bank for about two or three years. And there, I met a mortgage specialist. She was a mobile mortgage specialist for the local branch, and she had decided to open up a brokerage, um, which at the time was a TMG. And it was kind of an opportunity. I was I was really scared because, of course, I'm not from here, and it's a small town. Um, you know, you don't know anybody, so it's it's kind of daunting to think about starting your your client base and and working your business. But I took the chance. Um, my husband uh, worked in the oil field at the time, and so he was able to you know have that constant income, and then mine could be unknown, right? So I was mm-hmm. lucky to be able to be able to do that. And so when you, then that first year, then how, tell me about the first year. How did that go? First year? Yeah. Um, well, when was that? That was in, I guess, 2007 was my first year. Um, Grand Prairie is a booming little place, right? Uh, very busy all the time. Um, lots of growth. Uh, the city's grown huge uh, even since we've been here. Um, so I was very lucky. I left I left the bank to, to, to go to the brokerage and um, business, it walked through the door. Um, I will say that my my mentor, the, the one that opened the office, she was great. Um, I think that that's one of the most important keys when you start is having somebody that's going to guide you and help you. And, um, you know, she fed me deals. She taught me she taught me how to do a deal. And, um, and you know, also, you know, was able to uh, meet some of her contacts and that sort of thing and then kind of uh, and then start working on my own business. So it was great. Mm-hmm. And so did you target realtors or what did you what was sort of your... 
when you first started out? I did it first. Yeah. Um, I did it first. I kind of, I, well, I did every single little bit of free advertising that I could find. So, you know, you uh, advertise on Kijiji, you advertise on Craigslist. Um, I would go to, you know, all the golf tournaments and join the Chamber of Commerce and uh, join Rotaract because at the time I was too young to join Rotary. So I did all that. And yeah, but I guess my focus, my focus was uh, at the beginning, it was, it was, yeah, focusing on realtors and, and building relationships and stuff. And, you know, in the end, um, um, I have some wonderful, great realtors that I work with, and we have some pretty strong relationships. But that's not where most of my business comes from anymore. So it's interesting how you start and then what actually what it actually evolves to, right? Right. So, okay. Last question on this. I always like to do a little bit of digging. But what is would your mix of business be now from realtors to like, where, like, where would your what would your business mix look like? What's my ratio? Yeah. Um. I guess. Well, I would say I would say probably fifty to sixty percent of my business is uh, from its client referral. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, past clients referring their friends and family, which is which is awesome. Um, I would say probably another 25% is from realtors. And then I do some work with um, some lawyers in town too for a divorce and separation and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then the rest is it, the rest is cold. Very little comes from, from cold now. It's mostly mostly clients. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And yeah. okay, okay, last question. I, so this, I said that was, this is the last question on this, but you said Kijiji, <laughs> Craigslist. Did you ever, ever get a deal from any of that stuff? No, it took a hell of a lot of my time. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, no, I take so much time doing up these little ads and you know doing all that. No, I don't. I don't think I ever got one lead from there. And I know that um, you know I, I haven't made an ad on there for years, right? We're in uh, on the Homes and Land magazine more now and some bigger ads and stuff. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of time into it. But at the time, you're you're testing the waters and you're trying to figure out what works. And then that was one of the things I did. So, so anybody listening, don't do it. It's not going to work. Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. That's yeah. what I, that's what I was digging for there. Okay. <laughs> So before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a success quote that's impacted you. I love how quotes are portable, they're memorable, you can use them sort of again and again to keep you on track. So can you share a quote that's really had an impact on your life or business? Sure. Um, I guess I, I guess I have a few. Um, so I guess the one that I try and live by is, is for, for business anyway, is everyone is not your customer because everyone isn't your customer. I think that you should be more specialized and, uh, you know, instead of advertising to the masses or trying to bring your product to the masses, um, you should find your niche. Niche is cool. Niche is, niche is good. Um, are you going to specialize in first-time homebuyers? Are you going Specialize in something, I guess, right? And I think at the start, when you build your business, you try and you try and wear all of these hats and be everything to everyone. Oh yeah, I do commercial and I do first time and refinance and investment and all that. And of course, you can, but that doesn't make you good at it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's probably the one that I think of the most. The other one is, for more of on a personal note, is be somebody who makes everybody feel like a somebody, right? So I'm a big believer in treating people the way you want to be treated, and that goes for business too, right? I mean, personal and business. That's really good. Uh, yeah. I never heard that one before, but uh, so everyone is not your customer. I'm going to key off on that one. Um, sure. The I think I, I totally agree with you. It's funny. I see you sometimes see mortgage brokers will have an ad and it'll be like the list of I specialize in and then 10 things. You're like, really? You specialize in <laughs> yeah. like 10 different types of loans. Like, uh, so what area did you focus on? Like, was there what specific area have you decided to niche out into? Um, I, just like everybody else, I think I started offering all products because uh, you don't know you don't you don't know what your favorite part to do is yet. But I guess um, market kind of dictates what you specialize in too, right? And, and mm-hmm. Grand Prairie is very it's a very young city. It's a very fast moving market, um, and it's a very transient town. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's lots of really great locals here, but uh, for the most part, our, our population is very transient, coming in and out of the oil and, and gas industry and that sort of thing. So um, for me, 
I find naturally uh, your your niche is more first time home buyers just because of the younger population. And then I like I, I like specializing in investment investment property. So I have a lot of clients who invest in real estate, and I enjoy doing that because it's it's more of a challenge sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's a it's yeah. a unique animal. Yeah. So the one thing I've noticed talking to successful brokers, entrepreneurs, is that failure is something that happens to everyone, but it's never fatal. And then when you look back, there's a lesson in it. So can you share something that you'd failed at? And then now that you look back, there was a lesson in it for you? Wow. Um, I've failed more than a few times, Scott. <laughs> but um, I guess uh, if I had to pinpoint one, well, for, for brokering anyway, um, there was a time, I guess about three or four years ago, and uh, busy, you know, life is good, um, doing lots of deals. Um, and I really, I, I had built a wonderful relationship with one of my underwriters, which I think is absolutely key for your business. Mm-hmm. And, and I also enjoy, I also enjoy knowing that person very well because you talk to them every day. Um, so I had, I had found a great underwriter, really built a rapport, and I basically sent him uh, the majority of my business, sent almost all of my business to this to this lender and to this particular underwriter. And life was good. We did a lot of deals and um, the trust level was there, but uh, he left. He went on to greener pastures and good for him. But um, what what I learned from that is I, I put all my eggs in one basket and I really did not establish a rapport or a relationship with a lot of other lenders. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. I, of course, I'm submitting to other lenders too, but there was not the same closeness and the same level of trust. And so for me now, um, I try and spread my business over at least, you know, let's say a core three or four lenders, but, or, or let's say half a dozen that I use regularly. And so that was mm-hmm. my lesson because it was very, it was very hard when he left to, you know, to pick up the pieces and find another home for the majority of, of my deals. Right. I think yeah. somebody who's not in our business wouldn't, would probably be surprised at how much it still is relationship. You know, those. It is, oh, to me, it's all relationship. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Like, uh, and so just out of curiosity, was it like Maple Trust or something? No, it was Maple Trust. No, no, it was uh, MCAP, my, oh, okay. my favorite underwriter in the whole world was there. So, and he's with another lender now, and, and I do go through him now. Um, the, the product isn't quite the same, you know, kind of thing. So we, we still do, we still do work together, but uh, I definitely, and I've, I've, hey, there's always a silver lining. I've met a lot of, really awesome underwriters at other lenders that I now have a relationship with too, right? So right. it's good. Okay. If he's listening to this, then uh, you're still awesome. He knows th- who he is. Yes. <laughs> you, you know who you are. You're still awesome, but there's also other awesome underwriters out there's there. There's also other awesome underwriters, yes. Right. Okay. So um, I want to just talk about systems and processes. And I know that anybody who writes the kind of volume that you write, there's you have systems and processes and and, the, and you're always willing to adjust them or improve, tweak them to get better results. So can I ask you about, at least at first, can I ask you about an administrative process, something to do with paperwork or how you manage your files, um, and then maybe help, that wasn't working as well as you'd like, and then an adjustment you made in the outcome you got? Okay. So I I essentially, I'm a one-man show. So I, I don't have an assistant. I don't I don't have anybody. It's, it's just me. Of course, I work in an office with um, three other brokers, and we all support each other. Um, but uh, we have one front-end girl. She does the you know, answering telephones and, and some scanning and stuff for me, but essentially it's me putting together deal to the deal. So um, as far as system and process goes, I guess um, I, for myself, because of course there's a lot of paperwork and compliance and all that kind of stuff to do, I tend to do that in my after hours. So I'm more, um, you know, proactive during the day and, and kind of reactive at night. So I do most of my paperwork in the evening um, and just kind of put on some good 
of music and power through that because I was finding that I was spending half of my day, um, you know, sending in paperwork and, and doing that sort of thing when really I need to be doing my business during business hours. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess that's 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 one of the only things I I don't have a lot of system and process um, as far as I'm concerned. I know you and I talked about that before we before we started the interview, but I'm pretty basic. I have uh, I have an Excel sheet that I um, extract, you know, from Phylogix and um, put all my client information in there and add to it. Um, I track my referral sources. Um, so, for example, realtors, uh, lawyers, and uh, which lawyer I sent the deal to, which appraiser I used, um, so I can kind of track where my business is coming from and going to. Um, and I'm actually looking for a CRM model right now. So mm-hmm. I've listened to some podcasts and I have some ideas. Right. Yeah, there's definitely lots of great ones out there. And uh, mm-hmm. and like Callum Ross says, the best CRM is the one you use. And so that's kind of, for me, that's always been the critical thing is it's got to be easy to use. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you do, you write a lot of volume. So how do you keep track of all your, the, the status of all your loans? Cause you can't be doing that in your head unless you're like a genius or something. So how do you, how are you doing that right now? Um, honestly, it's kind of embarrassing. I, I have a, a running checklist. Um, that's how I do it. I add, I add a client to my checklist um, when they're new and I carry it through and cross them off when we're complete. Um, I have to write it down. I used to do it in my head and of course that doesn't work out so well all the time. Um, and also you can't leave. You can't go on vacation. You can't do anything if it's all in your head. So I kind of, um, I also... I, it sounds silly, but I utilize the notes section in Phylogix a lot. I, I document everything on there and I look. And of course, I have my list that I refer to with the immediate files that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of anybody using the notes section in Phylogix. So. <laughs> you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I never used it either. And a broker told me, you know, it's a really good tool. Use it. And then that way, um, you know, if ever I go away or anything like that and I have another broker in the office that takes over for me, um, then she has everything that's in my head in Phylogics, right? So that's awesome. So I want to ask about sales and marketing. And uh, sure. so also successful brokers have a sales process or marketing and that they are willing to adjust it because, uh, you know, when to make things work better. So can you share an example of a sales or a marketing process maybe that wasn't working as well as you would have liked and then a change that you made? Sure. Well, I think going back to um, sales and marketing, I don't do hardly any marketing anymore, but I think um, what wasn't working so well, back to the Kijiji, back to the Craigslist, you know, from when I first started is, and, and just like we talked about, targeting your market, right? Instead of uh, appealing to the masses, which is what I did at first. And and I didn't get any business out of it. Um, I guess my tactic was to advertise less. Um, Not that you don't want a presence in that, but focus on your client base that you have. It's a goldmine and focus on the relationships that you have more. So instead of trying to get more business and bring it in from unknown sources and and appeal to somebody unknown, focus on the people that you do have in your your circle and that you do know. And I just found that I was a lot more successful that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. So um, I want to ask about diversifying your income. So I've talking to brokers, I noticed that some of them say that, uh, you know, you should diversify, you should sell insurance and other products, other brokers say no, stick to brokering. And so which camp do you fall in? Um, yeah, hard to say. Uh, I do diversify my income. I I do um, offer the insurance product, obviously, that comes along with the mortgage. Um, MI goes through Canada Life, and so I guess I do. I do diversify my income that way. Um, I'm number one in Canada for MI, actually, for insurance sales. Um, but it's not for trying necessarily. I think information is key, and and I give I give them the pros and cons of mortgage specific insurance versus uh, non mortgage specific insurance, and I kind of let them choose. But I suggest that 
if they don't have anything right now, as far as life insurance goes, that they take this even just an interim while they research into something else, right? So that's how I that's how I make that sale, I guess. But that's yes, I do diversify my income that way. Um, I'm not an insurance specialist by any stretch of the imagination. No, my my hat that I I'm comfortable wearing is mortgages, right? So if anybody right. has any questions over and above the regular you know mortgage insurance on an application that we do, I have a financial advisor that I refer them to. But yeah, so you're the number one where in Alberta or in Canada? Uh, for MI, um, I'm the number one associate. Yeah, for Canada. Wow. Yeah. Number one. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's funny because I don't, I don't push it. I just suggest that somebody think about it and um, and and point out the pros and cons, right? And mm-hmm. if it, even even as a temporary a temporary policy to have in place, because I I have had clients pass away unfortunately, and and I know what it looks like on both sides, being insured and not being insured, right? So yeah, totally. I just I stress how important it is to me um, in in my own mortgages and my own life, um, and make them think about it, right? And most of the time. It's like it, it all goes back to our market too. It's 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 younger first time homebuyers in Grand Prairie, mm-hmm. and they've never had to even consider having insurance before. It's not something that they've really right. thought about because this is the first huge purchase that they've made, right? right. So um, there's really an opportunity there to have somebody think about it and 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 potentially you know take that insurance. And I'm always happy when they do because at least I know they're protected. And if they cancel later, if they find something better, great, right? Right. That's awesome. It would be yeah. great to uh, hear your process, but we won't. Get, I won't get into that today. But it's a uh, it's definitely um, not something everybody is having has success with. So sure, uh, anytime. I want to ask about uh, how do you balance your running your mortgage practice and family? Like, what's the what's what's your advice? That's there? a good question, but I don't know the answer. Um, I I do I struggle with work life balance. I do. Um, it's one of the things that I'm constantly trying to to work on and improve. I have a two year old daughter, um, and uh, I took when when she was born, I took about three months off, and mm-hmm. then my husband actually um, left. A, he had a great job, um, and he he left that to go on paternity leave, and I returned to the office. And and um, and then he decided to stay home because that just is what is what works for us. So I think my balance is a lot better um, because of him, um, because of what he does. I mean, he does everything at home and uh, takes really good care of her. So it's it's a hard, it's very hard to achieve for me. I work I work a lot of hours and I have a kind of a wonky schedule where I, I go home for supper and then I come back and I'm here till quite late in the evening. But it works it works for me. Mm-hmm. So. so you're saying team because it sounds like we talked about earlier, but uh, having that you know the team at home that's helping you be able to do what you do so that you're the family still is taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, my job obviously is, is mortgages and that sort of thing. And, and my husband, I mean, he looks at being at home as, as a, not as a job, so to per se, raising our daughter, but I'm very lucky. He, I come home and dinner's made and he is, a, he, he makes way better bread than I do. Like there's, there's really good things going on here. <laughs> so um, we kind of, yeah, we work hand in hand. Right. And, um, and yeah, I can, I could not do it without him. I couldn't do the volume that I do without him. That's for sure. Um, and we definitely are, are one of our biggest um, hobbies or pleasures, I guess, for us is 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 traveling. So we like to go away a couple times a year for you know maybe a couple weeks at a time, and so that's always a nice break. And if I'm a little worn out, I, I work towards that, right? So mm-hmm. that's a, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So mm-hmm. I want to move to the rapid fire questions. You can answer these as shorter answers if you like. What's the one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I would say um, taking up the phone. Um, I know that's an answer that you get a lot, but uh, yeah, f- uh, follow up and uh, working the client base that you have. Um, those are the two things. And I know that I, I mean I'm I'm just as bad as as the next person sometimes with follow up. I'm making that call that you don't want to make, but I think that's the most important thing, and that's probably what holds people back from really great success. Mm-hmm. What well, one thing or habit do you think has made you successful? 
Um, being personal with my clients, um, getting to know my clients a little bit and remembering things about them. It interests me. I, I enjoy getting to know people. I'm a people person. So um, that's a huge part of my business is, is being personal with people. Right. And do you have an internet resource or software program you use to make your business more successful? I do not. Uh, no, I don't. Um, that's okay. You don't, you, you don't have to have one. <laughs> uh, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Um, I, I guess, um, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. I like mm-hmm. that one. Um, I read that one a long time ago and I would probably recommend reading for personal pleasure. Um, I'm, I'm a, an avid reader. Um, and of course I like books that are about business and, and self-improvement and that sort of thing, but I like to get out of my head. I like to read a, a, a fictitious book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've done that too. It helps me unwind instead of just more, but all I, all I need is another idea. Cause that's like, I get to, you know, make my wife nuts. So. <laughs> uh, where do you think your industry is headed? Where's the opportunity? Where's the opportunity? Um, well, I guess I I don't know. Uh, speaking on such a broad a broad spectrum, but um, I'll talk about Alberta. Alberta is an interesting place right now. Where is the business headed? Um, oil and gas. Um, I mean, oil is under forty dollars a barrel at this point, right? So our market has been affected quite a bit um, with that drop. I know that there's been a lot of uh, job loss and, and that sort of thing, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of restrictions in Alberta right now, um, spoken or unspoken, um, mm-hmm. with lenders and doing deals. So I think for for me personally. Um, that's going to be my immediate challenge or, or, or the question, where is, where is the business headed in Alberta, right? Um, just because it seems like it's a lot more a lot more difficult to do deal in this in this environment um, with, the, with the oil and gas drop and therefore, you know, all of the work is affected here. Mm-hmm. So here's the last question. One of my favorites is the DeLorean question. Remember the movie Back to the Future? Yes. So there's that awesome car you could jump in and we could send you back nine years ago and you could sit down right across the table from yourself and you could be like, Sarah, these three things you must do to keep yourself sane and to have a better business today. What three things would you tell yourself? Work-life balance. Um, practice it from the start, mm-hmm. right? Um, make it a priority from the start. Um, number two, create a database um, from day one, right? So that's something that I didn't do. Um, I wish I, I had because I had the time at the time to, to shop around and, and research it and do that kind of thing. And it just would have been a whole lot easier for myself if I had started that from the beginning. Um, number three, focus less on on referral sources and focus more on the relationships um, with your clients and your underwriters and the people that make your world go round, right? Um, you're always going to be pursuing somebody for their business. And I, that's what I did at the start. So that's what I would tell myself is to, to focus less on, on getting referral sources and more on what you already have. Right. And no Kijiji ads. And no Kijiji ads. No. Yeah. <laughs> Don't waste your time is what that's you'd right. say to yourself. Okay. Well, Sarah, I really appreciate your time. Where can people find you online? Uh, www.homewithsarah.com. And are you guys hiring? I am actively looking for an assistant, actually. Yes, I am. I think that will make life amazing. So, yes. Mm-hmm. You, I, I guarantee you, you're going to be like, why did I not do that? When, if you get the right assistant and you get if things get start working, you're, if I were to interview you in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you'd probably say hire an assistant sooner because it's going to change your life. Like seriously, I think you're right. Um, yeah. I t- you totally will make a huge difference in your productivity, your ability to like you know just it's it's such a difference when you have somebody great working with you. And that's the key, right? Is to find somebody to find somebody great, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, mm-hmm. totally agree. And so anybody listening, you'll be able to find uh, their show notes at ilovemortgagebrokering.com, links to Sarah and her site. If you are in the Grand Prairie area and you want to connect with her, please do. I'm sure you have to be awesome. So if you're not awesome, don't connect with her. Um, I'm just kidding. Wait, do I say that word a lot, Scott? What's that? No, I just think you have to be awesome to want to. If you want to, you want a you want a good assistant. So I'm just there I'm trying. Go. I'm just screening people out. I'm creeping. 
it for me? Okay. Yeah. And I'm trying to keep the crazies away. So you're like, okay, good. (laughs) So I don't know where I went there. I totally digress, but I really appreciate your time. And I hope that you find your assistant soon and you continue to crush it. Thank you so much, Scotty. Really appreciate talking with you. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Techford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Beckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing, since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.